This is the Rotary and Community Service Radio Show, featuring interviews with people of action. So continue listening to be educated and inspired. You can catch us live every Friday night between 6 to 8pm on 3WBC 94.1 FM. FM 3WBC, the voice of the Inner East. I'm Amanda Wendt and I'm with you right through until 8pm this evening. It's a pleasure to be speaking tonight with one of my favourite Rotarians, Nicole Lake. We've had many road trips and adventures together over the years. She's the Assistant Governor of Churnside for Rotary District 9800 and also a fellow member of the Rotary Club of Melbourne Park. Welcome, Nicole. Thank you for having me. Nicole, are you able to just um, quickly give us an overview of how long you've been in Rotary um, and your, I guess, journey with the Rotary Club of Melbourne Park? Sure. So I joined Rotary as a member of the Rotary Club of Melbourne Park in 2010. So I've been a member um, of this wonderful organisation for more than seven years now. I actually did have some interaction with Rotary years before that. I was a um, participant of the National Youth Science Forum and sponsored by the Rotary Club of Strathdale in Bendigo. Um, And so I had some experience with Rotary before I joined. Um, My journey in Rotary has been exciting. It's taken me to places I never thought I would have gone. I've had the opportunity to give back um, to the community in so many wonderful ways, but also to meet so many fantastic people. So I've had the opportunity to be president of the Rotary Club of Melbourne Park, um, which was something it's I... a great year. It was a great year. Yeah, yeah, I think when I joined, it wasn't something that I saw coming, but I had such a great time and I learned so much from it. So for anybody out there uh, in the Rotary community that's considering taking on the presidency, I would really recommend it. Fantastic. And you mentioned about some of the uh, the opportunities that you've had in terms of travel. Is there any significant experience that springs to mind as one of your favourites? Oh, the first thing that um, I would have to uh, comment on is my trip to the Rotary International Convention in Seoul last year, um, which was through the support of District uh, 9800. It was such a fantastic experience and it was my first um, time at a Rotary International Convention it was enormous and I think very powerful to see the extraordinary acts by otherwise ordinary people in the community, everyday people in the community. Uh, there's a lot to be inspired about. And the sense of community when you have people coming from nearly every country in the world with the common focus to give back on in the name of Rotary, it was a really special experience. Fantastic. Um, and was there any particular experience in Seoul that sort of stands out for you? Ooh... Um, I think for me, I saw one of the best or one of the most memorable um, talks I had ever seen in person. It was from, and forgive me if I'm not recalling these details correctly, um, a a gentleman who was leading um, an organisation who seeks to um, remove slavery. So slavery is something that I think sometimes is thought of as a relic of the past but it's actually still quite prevalent. And he presented statistics to say it's um, there are more slaves today than there have ever been. Uh, and his emotion and the way he delivered the talk was something so impactful. Um, and that was a special moment for me. Yeah, fabulous. And I, and I get the sense um, certainly through 
the Korea Convention and also definitely in Atlanta this year that actually uh, slavery is going to continue to be a really key focus area for Rotary International and, and rightly so, like you said, I mean, mm. that's interesting. There are more slaves now than than ever before. And that was just Extraordinary. one thing I took away from the conference. There were so many others. Yep. And of course, since you've come back from that particular convention, you've gone on to do some extraordinary things in terms of being an assistant governor. Do you reckon you're one of the youngest assistant governors that's probably ever come up through the Rotary ranks? I reckon you'd have to be. I think I would be among the youngest, yes. Part of the reason that I'm inclined to say that is because um, I think the youngest president internationally was, uh, I know Holly Ransom has talked about that. I think she was the, in her early 20s. And so without giving my age away, I was <laughs> among the youngest presidents ever when I was president. And, yeah. and I guess, yeah, I'm very lucky that I've had the opportunity to yeah. take on the role of assistant governor. Yep. And so you're assistant governor for Churnside. So how many clubs is that? And do you want to sort of just talk, um, I guess, and, and educate us more about who's in Churnside and what are some of the, the great work that's been happening out there in the West? Sure. So um, Churnside is a cluster of four clubs out in the West of Melbourne. Uh, and so that is Laverton Point Cook, Hoppers Crossing, Werribee and Wyndham. It's a fantastic um, cluster and a real sense of community down there. There's a lot of cross-collaboration and, and um, strong communication between all of the clubs. So I've really enjoyed the opportunity uh, to get to know everybody down there. Um, what would and you remind have, me? And, yeah, and so is there a major, I guess, um, a major project that the cluster's been working on that you wanted to talk about? Um, yeah, as I, as I mentioned, there's a lot of cross collaboration between the clubs there. Something that I can, um, there's something that comes to mind is that all clubs have been very strong supporters of the Werribee Hospital Foundation's campaign for a critical um, care unit down there. Um, that's something that the community is um, in real need of, and so that's become a priority. And um, all the clubs have been very strong supporters, and uh, the cluster as a whole has been a generous, uh, don't provide a generous donation um, to that. So, I guess what I um, something that you can take away from that is there's a, a strong sense of giving back to the local community um, within that cluster, though they also do um, engage with a number of international projects as well. Great. And have you have you been in training for the Wyndham Fun Run that's coming up soon? I know. Just say yes. Just say yes. Um, <laughs> I will be soon, yes. I'm a bit naive when, the, when it comes to these things. I think, oh, I'll be right. And then I go and do the event and pull up very sore the next day. That would be quite a few people that would be pulling up in, this, in the same situation. Um, I guess uh, in terms of your role as an assistant governor, what are, what are some of the things that, that, uh, that you've learnt about yourself or learnt about um, yourself as well in terms of perhaps, you know, being a, a leader, community leader? Um, I think one of the things I've learned and continue to learn um, or have reinforced to me is that I really enjoy the opportunity to take on leadership roles and also the opportunity to work with other leaders, other community leaders. I think that anybody who is a member of Rotary is a leader in their community, um, but also to have the opportunity to work with other presidents of a club that are, are leading their clubs is also um, something that's special. So I, I've got the opportunity to not only experience being in a higher leadership role in Rotary, but also to learn and um, to see other leaders and how um, they lead their clubs in their years as well. And has there been any any um, situation in which I guess you've 
and, and this not necessarily related just to your role as an assistant governor, but perhaps, you know, back when you were the president of Melbourne Park, where you've genuinely surprised yourself, like where you thought, I, I don't know whether that's possible, but kind of like, going, oh, you know. Um, yes, I think so. I, I think I, you just, I kind of take it in my stride and I think it is important to sit down and reflect on all of the positive outcomes um, that are generated when you're a president or as a member of Rotary, because at the end of the day, we are volunteers. We do this in our spare time and we have to pat ourselves on the back for that um, and, you know, remember that, hey, look what I'm doing here. This is really exciting. Um, so, yeah, I guess I've had the opportunity to do that in terms of a leadership perspective, like, you know, wow, I've had the opportunity to do this and, and, that's, and that's great. So where next for you, Nicole Lake? Because I would say the sky's the limit for you. <laughs> um, well, as I, as I said um, earlier, when I first joined Rotary, I don't think I ever would have believed that I would have been a president one day and let alone an assistant governor. So um, Rotary continues to surprise me in wonderful ways. So I would just say, let's see what happens and, and go from there. Good response. Now, Nicole, as well as being an outstanding young community leader, you're also doing some pretty amazing things in the scientific field, you know, that whole life away from Rotary. Are you able to tell us more about what you're doing in terms of your PhD? Uh, Sure. Um, So I'm currently based in the Murdoch Children's Research Institute, which is inside the Royal Children's Hospital here in Melbourne. Um, Something that I'm um, passionate about is... um, the study of our DNA to try and understand how our genetics influences our health and disease. So what I'm currently doing now is um, trying to understand the genetic causes of disease in children, and specifically I'm focusing on a disease called mitochondrial disease. So mitochondria are the factories in our cells that turn our food into energy, and people with mitochondrial disease are born with a problem in their DNA which means that their mitochondria aren't made properly. So this means that parts of the body that need a lot of energy, especially the brain, but also heart and liver, uh, stop working properly. Um, They are life-threatening and debilitating illnesses. And we estimate that around one in 5,000 people are affected. Um, So what I do is I study DNA from children with mitochondrial disease, and I try and find the problem in their DNA that's making them sick. And how long have you been researching this for? Um, I've been working in the field of mitochondrial disease for over four years now, uh, four and a half years now. Fantastic. And what did you do before that? Uh, Before that, I worked um, uh, in the field of cardiovascular disease or heart disease, and I was um, trying to identify um, genes that influence the levels of our good cholesterol. So when you have high levels of good cholesterol, you have a lower risk of having heart disease. And through that work, um, I had the opportunity to find a new gene that um, uh, coordinated our good cholesterol levels and um, could represent a new drug target. Fantastic. Mm. And you've um, been published um, in in several publications so far, but I believe recently um, you you, you might have had a, a, a big win. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that? 
Yes, I think you're referring uh, to a recent article I had published in a scientific journal that also got picked up by the media here in Australia. Mm-hmm. So um, the study um, uh, that um, the media attention was referring to was um, I was involved in a study that identified a new cause of mitochondrial disease, um, but that study was significant because it was one of the first in the world to show that um, a new technology, um, something called quantitative proteomics, forgive me for the lingo, um, could help us solve um, up to 100, actually to step back a few steps to uh, lay the foundation for why this is significant. Um, Currently, we are only able to find the cause of disease in about 50% of children that have mitochondrial disease. So it's a a challenging task to do. And at the moment, there are many children where we can't find the answer for. So something, this new technology that this study involved, um, we think can help us um, get closer to 100%. It helped us find the cause of disease in um, in these children. So, yeah, it was picked up by the Herald Sun and the Australian and, and SBS Online as well as a few other online um, articles. So I had the opportunity to be interviewed for the Australian and photographed in that, which was really exciting and a uh, really great opportunity as well to get awareness out there for mitochondrial disease. Yeah. Fantastic. And are there any particular, I guess, sort of next steps coming off the back of that particular piece of research? Um, I think, as I mentioned before, that new technology um, that the study used, I think the the next steps would be to continue to explore um, and use that in other patients where we haven't found the cause of their disease yet. I think it has fantastic potential for helping us to be able to solve some of those other hard cases. And being able to find the cause of disease is really significant. It, It has a huge impact on the families of that have these children because often it's needed to be able to confirm what's wrong with their child and it also gives them the opportunity to um, use reproductive technologies like IVF um, and and family planning Um, but also it can be needed for enrolment into clinical trials um, for example as well. And you've been overseas this year as well. Do you want to just talk briefly about your trip and what you did and, I guess, what some of the outcomes from that were? Sure. I I think one of the um, things I really enjoy about my role as a researcher is the opportunity to travel and to meet um, scientists um, from all over the world at international conferences. So earlier this year, I attended a conference on mitochondrial uh, medicine and disease in Cologne in Germany, um, where I um, presented uh, on my work um, and also got the opportunity to hear from other world-leading scientists in the field. I also visited the UK and I um, did presentations in Oxford and in London at a couple of institutions there. So that was a fantastic experience as well. That's just so brilliant. And I guess similar to a question that I asked you about your rotary journey, what's sort of next for you? I mean, obviously completing your PhD, but then what would you, what do you got your sights on? Um, Yeah, step one, finish the PhD. It's getting there. Um, Step two would be to um, organise and secure a postdoctoral position. So that would be the next step after a PhD. So a PhD allows me to become an independent researcher and to apply for my own funding. Uh, And so that's what the next step would be. Brilliant. Well, that's very exciting. And it's certainly been um, 
great to be watching your journey. I know ever since I've known you, you've been working away at this PhD and it's been, um, it's been fantastic to see you grow and develop and get the success that, that you have been having. If you'd like any more information about mitochondrial disease, uh, the Australian Mitochondrial Disease Foundation has some fantastic resources and information. Uh, take a look at their website, which is www.amdf.org.au. They've been fantastic supporters of um, the research I've been doing as well, um, and they're a fantastic resource. I've got one final question for you, and which is something that I like to ask everyone. If you had a billboard anywhere in the world and it could say anything, what would that be? Well, the first thing that comes to my mind is a, a, a billboard to promote the wonderful work of Rotary. And the phrase that comes to mind for me is anybody can make a difference. Fantastic. This is a recurring theme whenever I ask this question, yeah, which I'm really like it. <laughs> <laughs> you can all tell we're Rotarians, can't you? Yes. <laughs> well, Nicole, thank you so much for talking to us about Rotary and you know, the marvellous medical research that you've been involved in. It's always great to touch base with you, hear where you're at. Um, and yeah, there's big, big things on the horizon for you, both in terms of Rotary and professionally. So thank you so much for speaking to us the evening. Now we'll take a break. Now, Nicole, as